I have a reservation. I'm checking in. Instant hotel. for checking in to checking in an instant hotel podcast i'm john and i'm jackson and we are here to review uh episode two of season two of netflix's biggest hit instant hotel bigger than stranger things bigger than house of cards bigger than really anything bigger than game of thrones even though it's not on netflix this is culture yeah this is what everybody's talking about like when you think of monoculture you think instant hotel yeah no totally and that's why we have to talk about it um so this episode we got to go to the home of a man that i soon hope to live with um (laughs) our beautiful 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 justin yes and his lovely mother debbie yes our future mother-in-law debbie (laughs) who seems lovely and i think we're gonna have a great relationship with she does have the energy of a mom who has a gay son i don't know if she knows that but like she is more definitive proof that I have a shot with Justin than Justin maybe himself is. Absolutely. I have no idea how gay rights work in Australia. I mean, I know about Kylie Minogue, obviously, but um, I don't know if they have P-Flag, but if they do, she is definitely marching in, like, the P-Flag section of a, like, Brisbane or um, Sydney gay pride parade. And that, like you said, is really a reassuring thing for me when I go to sleep at night. To know that. Even if Justin's not gay, his mom would like him to be. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And she has set him up with teeth that um, are I not a straight like, man's teeth. I would like to lick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, so that's our uh, setting. So they live in a part of Australia in Queensland called Badina. 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 <laughs> I can't do accents at all. And Badina is in uh, sort of the far far suburbs of brisbane yes so we're um about 96 kilometers or 60 miles from the cbd yes of brisbane um it's on the sunset coast i have no idea what that means um you'll have to excuse me i don't know if that's similar to some of the other coasts that we've heard about in season one yeah this is our first time on instant hotel going to the sunset coast i feel like this season they're like like, season one, they're like, sure, we're going to go to Bondi Beach, or we're going to go to... We're going to do the hits. Humpty Doo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, right, we really did the hits. And so in season two, they're like, um... What else this, is there? This is the rest of Australia. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've already been to Melbourne. We've already been to Sydney. We've already been to Bondi. Bondi. And yeah. so now we're going to just really... Um, take a full tour of the country and pretend that these are like massive international vacation destinations. I will say my interest in touring Australia has grown so much since I started watching instant hotel before I think that I was not interested at all. And now I'm like trying to figure out the best way to stay at every instant hotel from instant hotel on like a three week vacation to Australia. Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely book each of these. I would, Definitely book the one we're going to talk about today if it came with a host. <laughs> if Justin could host me in Australia in full grinder terminology, I would 
happily fly across the globe. Um, okay, so last week we gave our initial power rankings. This is how we felt um, things were going to go down in the end. I said that Justin and Debbie were going to be on top, and you went with um, the olds, Gene and Sharon. Yeah, um, okay, so I need to revise my power rankings because um, in thinking about it after the first episode, I moved Gene and Sharon down to fourth place. Just based on how they performed, I thought that um, uh, the first episode, I was brimming with confidence for them. I thought that they were going to have a really like nice place, but just be super humble about it. And then I saw about 12 flies on LLB, our host's um, face, <laughs> and that really knocked them down for me. So they're at number four for me. Okay. I'm going to put in number three. Um, I'm s- So I misspoke. I'm actually going to put them in number three. I'm going to put in number four, Gene and Sharon. Um, oh, no, that's what you said. Is it? You said Gene and Sharon number four, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I can't think. But anyways, I'm going to give Gene and Sharon number four, although we have not seen their place. Um, the reason that I'm giving them number four, even though I was super optimistic on them, is they are too mean to all the other guests, and you're just not going to win that way, honestly. Yeah, we've seen people try um, in the first season. If you're rude to other guests, they're going to attack you in their scoring. <laughs> yeah. And so they're really setting themselves up to be like given twos, even if they have a beautiful home. Yes. So I'm sorry. So Gene and Sharon, I'm putting at four. At three, I'm putting Raz and Mark because of the aforementioned fly problem. So that's where I'm putting my number three because I would put them in number four, but they were nice to other people, nice enough that I feel like they will stay in number three. Uh, Number two, I'm still keeping Justin and mom there. I still have my issues with them, despite how much I obviously love Justin. And number one, I'm going to give to Jay and Leah because at this point, um, who else is there? There aren't enough contestants. I, I do think like this episode really highlighted for me that I would like at least one more couple like being done to a final four from the first episode feels rushed yeah um I I wouldn't I'd be fine like an elimination round like (laughs) just we show each apartment and they're like this one sucks you're gone (laughs) I'd be fine with that we just need a little bit more blood in the game yeah um so my power ranking as of the first episode is number four Raz and Mark um I I just hate them. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, like you really do. That's fair. I hate their like backwoods ass, like <laughs> ignorant to things and proud of it vibe. I cannot handle them. Like in the first season, we had whoever the people were with that like 1950s garage style. Yes. Um, who had like a similar vibe to Raz and Mark, but were like into learning about the world or like Society. seeing like way more game to hang out with people whereas like Raz and Mark feel like they intentionally exclude themselves from the world and they're happy about it yeah like proud to not be a part of society proud to be off the grid proud Proud to to be be cave people (laughs) in a home that they carved with a spoon I'm pretty sure over the course of 40 years uh so Raz and Mark will forever be my fourth place (laughs) I don't fucking care I hate them um number Three for me is still going to be Gene and Sharon. I'm convinced they have, like, horrible floral <laughs> curtains that, like, are sort of Laura Ashley, 80s polyester. Wow. Um, Drag them. Number two for me is going to be Jay and Leah. Oh, my rankings haven't changed. And number oh, okay. one is my baby, Justin, and my mother-in-law, Debbie. Um, I feel really good about their apartment, and I feel really good about 
other people seeing Justin and rooting for him. Yeah, you feel really good about the $69,000 Justin is going to win that he can put onto your honeymoon. Yeah, Like, exactly. that's going to go into your wedding. Like, it'll be a- way more affordable for Justin to travel to America <laughs> to see me regularly once he wins $100 Australian. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, so those are our power rankings. Um, we're not fully in agreement, but... Um, you know, we'll see how things shake out. Um, okay, so this episode, we are in Bedina. So Bedina is a suburb, yes. um, which we learned on uh, Wikipedia has fewer than 4,000 <laughs> residents. A notable thing about Bedina is that it has a shopping center that features an Aldi <laughs> um, and like a Woolworths, which I didn't even know there were still Woolworths in the world. So... That's something I learned about Australia that I won't be mentioning later, but <laughs> didn't know. Uh, they're still Woolworths there. Um, so, Bedina, though, on camera looks stunning. Looks gorgeous. It's basically like a peninsula surrounded by blue water on either side. Um, so, I would, like, I look at this and unlike a <laughs> goober berry or whatever the fuck we were last episode <laughs> i'm like into goober Petey. <laughs> yeah goober berry instead of goober berry we're in a place where i'm like this looks like an actual vacation and not like a place where you go to become a fly person <laughs> not like some sort of flintstones <laughs> alternate reality yeah not my literal hell uh, where you <laughs> your only house options are caves cave dwelling or like becoming a fly uh so immediately i'm on board with this place it's a penthouse a two-story penthouse um that's in a nice looking building um recently renovated at least partially yeah um we get a tour of it it's very white it's very bright there's views like i guess they have nearly 360 views from this penthouse yeah i mean views are insane um, when all of the couples walk in, they very quickly um, sort of devolve into some, like, I, I would say a, a Machiavellian-style fight over rooms in which they all pretend to not be interested in rooms they're interested in. And I lost interest <laughs> um, in them all being, like, like all wanting separate rooms but saying they didn't want those rooms and then all winding up kind of happy with where they ended up. Yeah. Yeah, the Ramona Singer games this episode were much more muted in that, like, everyone was playing a game against no <laughs> opponents. They're like, Raz and Mark are even like, oh, the bedroom downstairs, the bed is not comfortable. We'll take it. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck, Raz and Mark? Like, you sleep in a fucking, like, stone cave. Of course you'll take it. Like, you've never been comfortable in your life. Um, and you're happy about that. Uh, so, yeah, that was a little bit boring. Um the couple's assessments of the house immediately, like Jay and Leah scored major points for me in this episode. Cause they're like looking at the views and like, wow, we're intimidated by this space because like we want ours to obviously be the best instant hotel, which again just means Airbnb. Right. <laughs> um, so they want to have the best instant hotel. Um, but they're like, this is really beautiful. Whereas Raz and Mark, who again, I must reiterate, live underground look around at a two-story penthouse that has four bedrooms and like a wraparound deck with a hot tub um they look at this with like beach access 
look at it and say like a penthouse should be like the best of everything you know this isn't really a penthouse to me right i'm like what do you what do you know about penthouses you don't even have like a story <laughs> one story to your goddamn house you, live- you literally <laughs> live in a basement only house like how dare you comment on anyone else's abode yeah i mean it's tough to watch subterranean people um Navigate the surface world. <laughs> Navigate above the surface world. It's like Raz and Mark are literally living in an apocalypse. And so they're like, I'm sorry, but I thought like pre-apocalypse was going right. to be like sexier than this. Like not right. so like a little bit mundane. Yeah. They're thinking that it offers no protection um, if there were some sort of nuclear fallout, which I think is what they appreciated about their own home. Uh, so getting into where they actually go in the local attractions in Budina, um, first off, they go to a very strange ginger amusement park, um, which I felt like I wasn't I wasn't getting enough exposition on. Um, I, I it seemed like there were gingerbread men, but like was it an entire gingerbread land? I had a lot of questions here too. I didn't know that Australia grew ginger cultivated ginger here's the thing that i have realized i didn't know that australia like had (laughs) an economy an economy yeah um like i think australia's like main economy is exporting boyfriends for gay men i know in new york uh who date them and like they travel back and forth somehow and keep these relationships going um and then like blonde women with blue eyes that they send over here to be actresses um Outside and, and of, lie about their age. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, Australia's like, Australia is known for having women of indeterminate age. I mean, a, I'm not going to say it's a scammer nation, but I saw a headline the other day that was Margot Robbie celebrates her 29th birthday, and I literally <laughs> like laughed out loud. Like, <laughs> no, she didn't. Like, yeah, maybe her 35th, but um, I digress. It is because it's like. You look at Margot Robbie. I'm sorry that we're going on this digression. Like, you look at Margot Robbie, and it's not that she looks old in any way. You know, it's like I'm 29. Like Margot Robbie doesn't look older than me, right? But she does feel older than me. She has a sophistication, and maybe that's just about how refined she is. But honestly, if you end up like if you go back and do the math of when she was filming Wolf of Wall Street, if she's 29, it's like, well, I was filming that when I was 17, and it's just, it's like, no, you weren't. Wolf like Wall you Street are is n- not 12 years old. <laughs> Listen, do the math. I was not prepared to um, do like, it really air. present, but the, my we, findings. We have the numbers in a spreadsheet; they're just not in front of us. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so they go to this ginger amusement park. We learn that ginger grows in Australia. Great. Yes. And I guess in Badina, they're famous for their ginger. Yeah. The ginger amusement park includes um, a, like some sort of like log flume ride that's mostly just it's a small world after all, but like with ginger gingerbread, <laughs> like gingerbread men instead of like small multiracial children right. uh, singing to you. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, honestly, um, our good friends Gene and Sharon are loving this ride. I think it's, like, the fastest ride Gene is legally allowed to go on, like, before it, like, affects his pacemaker. Um, so they are having a great time. I'm having a great time. Jay and Leah are not having a great time. Um, but they are, like, the most upbeat couple. And so Jay and Leah, they really start winning me over in this episode. Yeah, and – I understand that. Um, then they go and learn more about Ginger, which is a weird thing to do at an amusement park. <laughs> but they each get handed a large knob of Ginger and all forget what Ginger is. <laughs> like they, it's, it's literally like if you handed a, a 
a literal infant food, and it's like, okay, here's some carrot. Here is a full knob of ginger, and the child is going to eat it the same way they would do a carrot. Right, because they have like, no idea. Because they don't know. They're a child. <laughs> so everybody are... takes a – all of these fully grown adults take bites of raw ginger and are like, didn't like it at all. <laughs> Too spicy. And it's like, uh, what part of you forgot what ginger is? Like, it's not something that we eat on our, on its own right? raw. It's not something that we eat, like, fully raw, like, usually, like, at least, like – let it sit in the marinade for right. a bit. Um, and it, or if you're going to eat it raw, you eat like a tiny sliver of it. Right. Like, like a sliver, not a knob. Um, our, my good friend Raz, she takes a sizable bite and then it's like, oh, I would have spit it out if I could. And it's like, you A, could have. And B, <laughs> like, you didn't have to take a bite that size. Gene takes the a bite that is the size of a fucking jawbreaker. It is filling his entire mouth and then he chews it and he's like crying through it and it's like i'm sorry is this supposed to be like impressive it kind of feels like if you got like pranked as a kid and you like went along with the prank so that you didn't seem like a pussy but jeans again nearly uh, roughly estimating 85 years old <laughs> and like this ginger is probably like his daily calorie count he needs because like his metabolism is so slowed down and he is just chewing this ginger. Anyway, it was literally shocking to watch someone eat that much ginger. Yeah. And this many people interact with ginger in a way that is like if you watch someone take a bulb of garlic and just <laughs> shove it in their mouth and chew Attempt away. to eat it. It's like the aromatic, like, these are like literal spice. Like, it's not like you take a, like a bottle of like tarragon and just chug it. Yeah. Um, so that was really something to behold. So next up, uh, the gang goes paddleboarding. So getting into the sort of uh, beachside nature of Budina. Um, so they get on a massive stand-up paddleboard that they all have to go on together, which um, in my experience with paddleboarding just makes it all the more difficult to have to work with other people, especially relative strangers with whom you are competing for $100,000. So I took notes on the episode uh, while I was watching it, and it was on Edibles, so I felt amazing. I Just note to the viewership, Instant Hotel on Edibles, perfect show, literal perfect show. Uh, but my note is just, <laughs> paddleboarding is amazing. <laughs> but I was cackling because everyone is incapable of staying on this paddleboard. But the way they describe it on the show is that I think Jay, uh, my good friend Jay, is saying, Gene starts shaking uncontrollably. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he can't stand for this long. Of course not. And so his legs are, like, giving out. And then he <laughs> shakes so much that he literally shakes everyone off of the paddleboard. And then they are, like, trying to get back on, and they leave someone behind. <laughs> yeah. The narrator has a great moment where they just say, like, Raz is busy drowning in like a real like they really take pleasure in it like look how funny this is and it's like you just said something that's really horrifying and like to me would say like stop production while we make sure this woman is okay um and speaking of not okay gene the entire time is wearing the most obscene bathing suit which it, um yeah it is like a i guess like a lycra material so like a speedo but it's like slightly longer so it's Sort of like a boxer brief. Like a boxer brief, yes, because I would say that unlike a Speedo, it does not remain taut. Like, it kind of moves with, like, weight. So I saw 
both of his testicles, <laughs> which I was not prepared to do because they like really zoom in on it. And it's like, oh, I can see each of his testicles. Like individually. For yes. Sure. Like, um, and they refer to it as a budgie smuggler. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, or, or that's how Jay responds to it. He calls it a budgie smuggler, which um, is a cute name for a very gross uh, pair of swim trunks. Um, my favorite moment in just this whole episode, Jay is my MVP of the episode, even though Justin has my heart. Um, Jay just goes, yeah, (laughs) bloody Gene or whatever, (laughs) when he's annoyed at Gene. But the way he says, yeah, is just so declarative. It really wins me over. Jay and Leah are episode MVPs for sure. So those are the first two, like, only real activities they do. Then they go home to make dinner and get in the jacuzzi. And there's some a lot of drama about that, about is Gene participating? Is he pulling his weight? And, like, what's going on in the jacuzzi? Is there enough, like, like is there enough privacy? Blah, blah, blah. I personally wasn't that interested in it. I, I really just – so I want more young people on this show. And so I, like, need Justin to be in the mix again because I want him to, like – be someone to be on the same level as Jay and Leah because right now it's like them sitting in the hot tub and everyone else just sort of like looking at them in the hot tub which is so uncomfortable and they're like well good night we're a hundred years old um and so it's just like there isn't like any like late night antics like I feel like the first season there was a better mix of youngs and olds and so there's like some generational conflict yes and we're really missing that there were really better Olds who acted like youngs, like um, my favorite gay icon, Babe, who was known to turn up a dance party and just really, like, obvious, obviously loved a margarita, but, um, yeah, you know, just I mean, would have fun with it. This season, obviously, there's some great casting, but there isn't an icon, and Babe is not, like, she's... She could survive on American reality TV. Yeah, and if I went to a Pride Parade in Australia and Babe wasn't on a float or wasn't the Grand Marshal, I would be like, um, okay, wait, where's Babe? Why right. is she not here? Like, all, I can't imagine going to a gay club and, like, not seeing, a, like, a portrait of Babe, <laughs> like, hanging above the dance floor. It's like, I'm sorry, but, like, there should be a portrait of Kylie Minogue on one wall and Babe on the other. Like, that's Australia. Yeah. Sorry, Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> Like, you what have like you done a, for us lately? A smaller portrait, maybe in the bathroom <laughs> space, but like when we're in the main ballroom, right? It's, it's Babe and it's, it's Babe Kylie. and Kylie. That's Australia. Um, also, sorry, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Like you can be in like the fainting lounge or whatever. Um, <laughs> fainting lounge, like the sitting lounge. Um, okay, so then we get to, on the other hand, like watch our experts, LL Bean and Juliet. <laughs> Uh, explore the space and both of their takeaways from this very nice very sort of like white clean looking um, penthouse apartment is that it is lacking in glamour yes um, which is something I think everyone is lacking in so it's a fair critique Um, I I think that Justin is holding back a little bit um, for his mom's sake in terms of giving his opinion like we watch them decorate or get ready for the guests to come and he's sort of like mocking some of her details in like a nice way like which do you remember like the sausage dogs only <laughs> uh definitely the sausage dogs um but he's just like so concerned with like her feelings about this space that he is not being like a super helpful son in terms of like 
like I, actually giving helpful critiques right. and being like, we yeah, should yeah. not do this. Right, because I like, I my parents are building a ski house that they're going to be renting out partially and like my mom will like come up with something that she's like, oh, I really like this. And I'm like, that's fine. That's not a rental house. Like, right. I Like my mom's like, oh, I don't want to put TVs in the bedrooms because I don't like want people to like be staying in their bedroom watching TV. I want them to like come out and hang out, interact. And it's like, you don't get to decide how people like, vacation in your home. Right. You're like, like, I have seen Instant Hotel. Right. I know what people want. Right. And it's like, people don't want to feel like you're in the space with them. Right. Um, and so, like, the sausage dogs, uh, which are wiener dogs, which uh, Debbie, our uh, P-Flag mom, Debbie, has a pet sausage dog that wears a hat with a brim <laughs> that I'm obsessed with. It's very cute. It's so cute. And so she has uh, these sausage dogs all over the house, like little sculptures of them stuffed animals of them on the beds it's like adults don't want to see stuffed animals on their bed that's just a no yeah it's a no you know it's very if you ever watched um extreme home makeover it's very like child what are you into and the child says like uh sausage dogs and then they're like okay well your bedroom is gonna be a sausage dog like convention like they're gonna be all over the wallpaper they're gonna be everywhere you're gonna wish you never saw another sausage dog and like ty pennington's going crazy about them it is so that or like if you have a relative who doesn't know you that well but remembers that you liked like say cats as a child and so every christmas you get like a cat ornament or like oh my god i got you a shirt with a cat on it it's like your life is defined by one detail about yourself and that's what debbie's sort of done to this house and justin is afraid of i think confronting her about um and so a little bit of the background there on them that I haven't mentioned quickly is that this is uh, sort of like a retirement plan for Debbie. Um, they bought and renovated this, like uh, near gut reno parts of this um, penthouse. And they keep mentioning that they're having trouble renting it out, uh, probably because it's in a suburb with only 4,000 people. It doesn't seem like a super hot vacation destination, even though it's beautiful. Um so I'm just I am personally very worried about Debbie and her husband who we do not see but is very much in the picture it seems yeah he's mentioned plenty but where is he where is he where is the daddy I mean really it's just like it's so typical that like the mom has to put in this much work and just the dad is god knows where off screen right out of sight maybe at the ginger amusement park yeah just (laughs) chomping down on some ginger he's probably like immune to getting overheated from ginger um so this is the retirement plan justin really wants them to feel secure and the way that justin is worried about his mom does make him gayer yeah um and so that's good um so the show is mostly now just checking in as an instant hotel podcast about whether or not justin is gay and in love with me so far he's not in love with me and we don't know if he's gay jury's out jury is out my heart is also on my sleeve waiting for him to find it um so scoring yeah so um there's a lot i would say this episode has a lot of like disparate scoring amongst the contestants where gene and sharon give it an eight which is surprising because you know it's only the second season but i feel like people really are playing into tropes already of like what kind of contestants they are and i expected them to kind of lowball everyone but they give this an eight which i thought was fair um not to put my own personal opinion into it yet Raz and Mark gave it a five on the basis of it was not carved out of a cave. They kept saying, like, oh, there's neighbors who can see us. It's like, yeah, that's 
a thing that people experience when they live in society. <laughs> when we don't live in Iraq. They're like, oh, there wasn't enough privacy. It's like, there's... I mean, for me, it's like, I'm sorry, but, like, the number of my neighbors who have probably, like, watched me jerk off just because I was too lazy to, like, close the curtain while it was happening. Absolutely. It's just, like, I'm sorry, how can you care about privacy? Right. But also, like, there were, cur- like, there were curtains. There were, like, plenty of things to, like, make you, like, private as much private as you need when you're in a penthouse apartment. Yeah, I totally agree. Although, I also think that it's, like, I'm very open with, like, my neighbors and what they see because I'm young and I'm cute, but, like, once I get to be old and gray, I feel like I'm going to be more self-conscious of it because it's, like, well, nobody wants to see my tired old, like, routine when I'm waking up, you know, Um, which is fine. Um, And then, finally, Jay and Leah give it a six because of some issues with a light switch that may or may not have been in their bedroom and may or may not have been. They keep saying that it's outside of their bedroom and someone turned on a light switch outside of their bedroom, which doesn't really make sense. They never seem to go look for this. Right. It's the mystery's never solved. I, if I had to guess of what was happening, it was that um, Gene, being the terrible person that he is, um, literally like opened their door a crack, reached his hand in, and turned on the light switch in their bedroom just Absolutely. to like be a dramatic person. Oh, because we failed to mention that Gene decided he needed to switch rooms with them after telling them that they should take this room so he could have the room that he wanted, uh, because he realized that his room didn't have a close proximity to a bathroom and he pees four times a night um in his sleep and so he has to get up a lot and so then he's like well you're not gonna trade me bedrooms and i'm gonna fuck with you uh so gene probably turned on the light and jay and leah really take this like yeah, super seriously. Like, like how can we give them a good score for a night's sleep if we couldn't sleep through the night right and it's like that's not on yeah our beautiful Justin and his nice mom, Debbie. It's really not his fault. Like, it's, they bought nice sheets. They cleaned the beds. Yeah. They got the house ready. It's definitely Gene just being a chaotic person. He is. Um, and so then L.L. Bean and Juliet come through with their scores, and they both give eights. And the sort of unanimous feedback is that the house needs to be more South Beach, more Miami, more international. Yeah. I thought that what was interesting about their critique was that it was um, specifically LLB said that um, like when the sunsets are gone and like the wallpaper of the view is gone, what is there? Because it's kind of a generic space, which I think is valid and I think is something that I hadn't thought about that much in terms of I feel like a lot of like especially a lot of super rich people in New York with like amazing views will do that where it's just like, well, here's the view. And that's a good point. Although I guess the difference is in New York, even at nighttime, you get a view. But like right. in um, Budina, which is suburban, when it's nighttime, you just it's have just no blackness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they just really said to like put the glamour goggles on and spend money in upgrading the furniture, which I think is valid. Right. I mean, it's good feedback for like any space. Um, and I would, I mean, I would love to see it feel a little more like sexy disco. Yeah. Um, so what would your score be? I have thought about this a lot. I would also give it an eight. I think that the five was way harsh, but an eight seems like this was pretty good overall, and I would like to stay there, but it still had a couple drawbacks, which were not necessarily what the people touched on. I feel like the drawbacks were, to me, like what there is to do in the area, because I'm not a ginger stan, so... Um, I love Ginger. I would also give it an eight, I think. And I think that there is a bit 
on my end of like judging this against the first season and like knowing like what is the peak of an instant hotel um, and knowing how many are truly just like someone's literal house that they're renting out versus something that feels like an actual vacation space. Um, and this felt very much like it was set and ready for you to stay in as like a tourist um, or as like a visitor, as a vacationer. Like it felt like clean and like lacked personality enough that you didn't feel like you're like interfering in someone's life. And like some Airbnbs you go into and you know that the person just like went and stayed with like their parents or their friend for the weekend. And right. this is like it's still literally where space. they like fully live and like their like personal photographs are up. Whereas this felt much more, uh, like, hospitable, like, hospitality, more, like, hotel-like. So is it an instant hotel versus, like, a house? Yeah. Okay, so that puts uh, Justin and Debbie at a score of 35 out of 50. So they are now the team to beat, right? Uh, yeah, they are, they are three points ahead of Raz and Mark, <laughs> my enemies. Um, <laughs> so this week... We obviously got to learn a lot um, about the contestants and about Justin and Debbie's home. But what did we get to learn about Australia? Well, I thought you were going to say, what did we get to learn about ourselves? Which, this is the same thing. Um, My biggest takeaway this episode was that uh, Australians do not like all white in terms of an interior, which I thought was really interesting because I think in America that's very on trend and, like, if you watch HGTV, I feel like that's what people really go nuts over is just, like, all white. But multiple couples complain that the house didn't have enough color and that it was, like, a hospital and just too clinical. So I thought that was really interesting and changed my opinions about the differences between our two cultures. Jackson, what about you? For me, honestly, my revelation was just that Dachshunds or wiener dogs are called sausage dogs in Australia. I had no idea. And they say the word sausage dog so many times in this episode. And you see so many sausage dogs that now I have sort of come to think of them as sausage dogs. Like I was rewired to become Australian from this one episode because like, I just don't think I talk about wiener dogs often enough or think about them. They never really cross your mind. Right. And now it's like, if they do, it's like, Oh yeah, a sausage dog. Um, so this is, the, I think, the first time that Australian culture has, like, fully taken over me. That's great. And I was going to say that you were rewired to become Australian for your, like, ease of transition when you move there to Bedina with right, Justin. Yeah, exactly. And settle down and, and now get I, pregnant. I'm going to try. <laughs> um, my legs will be in the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I think that it will help a lot with me integrating into his family because his mom, Debbie, will much appreciate that I call them sausage dogs and not anything else. Because yeah. she loves them and she loves sausage dogs. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, so that is the episode. Uh, all in all, I think a great second episode. I'm getting much more comfortable with the contestants, and I can't wait to see how the rest of the season plays out. Same. Um, the only other thing I wanted to note from the notes I took on the episode is that Justin is absolutely perfect. Like, a beautiful, caring I want you all to know being. that John's note about Justin is absolutely perfect is surrounded by little stars. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is sparkling, much like his perfect white teeth and <laughs> deep blue eyes. Yeah, we love. And his little spiky stubble. Yeah. And I want to play with his hair so <laughs> badly. 
Um, okay, so that's our episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure you tune in next week. We'll be reviewing episode three of season two of Instant Hotel. Um, and if you have feelings about Justin, uh, let us know um, any way you can. We don't really have anything set up for this, but I'm on Instagram at JWF. Yeah, John is at JJDENN. And we both love a DM slide. So slide in. Let us know your feelings about Instant Hotel. And we will reiterate them on this pod. Um, And we will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for checking in on Checking In, an Instant Hotel podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.